If you only knew the effort it took us to get that hat on Drake's head. Man, good morning, Watch Bar. Well, if you're still here, that's awesome. Uh, it is good to be back in the pulpit, guys. I tell you, five, thank you, babe. Thank you. The rest of y'all, don't call me when you're sick. Don't call no more. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, uh, a couple of things before we kick off. Financial peace will resume next Sunday uh, due to some sickness. Uh, they've had to cancel today, so it'll be next, uh, starting next Sunday back up. Um, let me see. If you serve in any capacity at all here at Watts Bar Community Church, just raise your hand. Any capacity. Uh, guys, put it on your calendar. You put your hands out. September 18th. September, that's Sunday, September 18th at 3.30 p.m. in the fellowship hall. We'll be having volunteers uh, uh, dessert and coffee. And without saying that is mandatory, it is just um, highly encouraged by me that you come to this because I'm going to be sharing some visions some where we're going and some insight into what the rest of this year and next year holds. I really want you, if you serve here, at that meeting. Um, also, our uh, Wednesday night connections. This uh, Wednesday, we will have our very own Chris Lunn uh, teaching. He always does an incredible job. Lastly, this is not an announcement. It's just a moment to brag on the pastors that preached during this pastor series. They did an amazing job. Come on. Man. I'm excited to be back preaching today, although they all tried to show up in suits trying to pressure me into dressing better, but I will not bow to uh, peer pastor pressure. (laughs) In fact, the outfit I'm wearing today serves two functions. And if you've seen centuries, you'll know this. It serves as the, hey, I just got back from the DR. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, beach wear. Or I'm an angel warrior from centuries. So here we go. Now i got to get this thing back on. It's so floppy. Uh, anyway, uh, oh, also today, I had, to, I had to wear white because you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. I don't know why. So, men, put those tidy whities away after today. Um, here we go, man. Uh, so let's, let's get into this. You ready? Hey, uh, I love college football. Anybody else? Come on. I am so glad that college football started back up. Thursday night, my wife graced me with her presence to go to the game with me up in Knoxville. And I'm just going to tell you, Neyland Stadium, that's the holy city. It is. You walk in there, it's just the holy city. I love going. I love the atmosphere up there. Anybody else love college football and is glad it's back? Come on, Mary. How many would say, I really don't give a flip about college football. Where are you at? Okay. Well, let, let's see if I can find some things you love. Anybody love ice cream? Anybody love a big juicy steak? Boy, we lost all the vegans there. Anybody love hunting? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Stacey. I was going to say, if you didn't describe it, go. Anybody, anybody love the beach? Man, I love the beach. I love, what about country music? Rock and roll? Man, y'all are heathens. Um, any, anybody like shopping? Yeah, yeah, y'all love re- retail therapy. Chocolate? Here's my thing, man. The thing, it's okay to say I love any of those things. In fact, you could be out at public at any given moment say, I love chocolate. Nobody think any different. I mean, he's a little crazy, but I get it. I love chocolate too. I love country music. Nobody's going to think anything different. You could be out there and do it. But go out. Try, try this today. Wherever you go eat, just in the conversation somewhere. I love my church. Hey, yeah, you're in church. But I guarantee you say that in public conversation. It's walk into school or work on Tuesday. And just out of nowhere, woohoo, I love my church. 
see the reaction. See, even Sonny's, or Shepherd's like, these people are crazy. It's, it, it, but, <laughs> see? But here's the thing, why is it? Why is it okay to be passionate about college football, pro football, uh, food of some sort, music, but when it comes to church, not so much. In fact, we hope a lot of times, if we're being honest, when we're out in public or at school or at work or somewhere, we hope someone doesn't ask us where we go to church or if we go to church. We can be passionate about all these other things. And in case you're wondering about the title, I love this bar. Anybody remember the nickname of this church when we, uh, the bar? We caught so much flack. Uh, but we embraced, when people started calling us the bar, we embraced it. We embrace it. Why? Because we're not trying to reach people that already go to church. And so when I say I love this bar, not any bar, this bar. I love this church. I love the people in it, not because I'm the pastor of it. In fact, I love the ability just to sit back and, and, and listen to our fellow pastors preach and then glean from that, take notes from that, and just soak it all in. I love being able to sit there and worship with, my, with you guys. Saturday at our Man Up Breakfast, I love being able to hang out with the men of this house. I love this place. Now, I'm going to be honest, I haven't always loved the church. Uh, I, when I, I grew up in the church, when I say I grew up in the church, I grew up in the church. Uh, I was there every time the doors were open. Sometimes when the doors weren't open, I was there. I am one of those babies that, hey, or kids that, hey, I was there. I fell asleep on a pew and mom and dad were halfway home before they realized somebody's missing. Oh, look, somebody, oh, that poor thing. Yeah, my mom and dad, they were horrible people. No, no, they weren't. I, I mean, there were times I loved other things more than the church. Uh, at an early age, I loved um, the wonderful world of Disney more than church. Anybody, now I'm going to date myself, anybody remember those Sunday nights when at 6 p.m., the wonderful, during church time. See, long ago, Disney was trying to separate us from Jesus. So, no, so... <laughs> But I would beg my mamma Fuller, hey, hey, stay home tonight. Then I would go home, hey, hey, mom and dad, uh, mamma's going to stay home from church tonight. She's not feeling well. Can I stay with her so she make sure she's okay? And yes, I would lie because I didn't want to go to church. I love the wonderful world of Disney more than I love church. Oh, I'm sorry. I am your pastor. I should not admit those things. So if I'm being honest, I haven't always loved the church or going to church. But I'll say this. It was a local church that God used to save my life. When I walked away from God for a couple of years, it was a local church that God used to bring me back into relationship with him. When we walked through the loss of a son, Denise and I, it was a local church that embraced us and walked us through those hard times. Some of my best memories are, are things that happened in church. I grew up with this guy in our church called Running Bob. You know why they called him Running Bob? Because he ran. Spirit of God hit him, boom, he would take off. And here's the thing, he was legally blind. It was a miracle every time we saw him run and nobody got ran over or a chair was hit. But I love some of the best stories about church. Growing up, I got saved in church several times. Anybody relate? Some of my best and closest friends were met and made in the local church. Uh, I met my wife in the local church. I recommitted my life to Christ in this local church, sitting back there about where Chris Gross is sitting. Uh, I preached my mom and dad's funeral in this local church. Uh, so I'm here to proudly tell you at the end of the day, I love this church. I love this place. Well, PK, I've got reasons why I don't love the church or going to church. Okay, let's hear some of them. Here's one. Come on, we've all heard this. and Some of us have said it. Well, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. I'm not going to argue. You're right, it is. The, the, church is, it, the church is full of messed up, jacked up people. I'm one of them, and so are you. Let me, let me, let me be honest. There are days I nail this Christian walk. 
I nail it. Then there are days I'm a hypocrite. Is that too real for you? There are days somebody cuts me off, and I'm like, oh, bless your heart. Oh, praise God. Then you catch me on a different day, and I'm telling them they're number one with the wrong finger. So, yeah, the church is full of hypocrites, but the good news is there's room for one more. Some of y'all are like, man, maybe he needs seven, eight weeks off. <laughs> but it amazes me about people who say, well, I don't go to church because of the hypocrites. They don't stop you from going to Walmart. Mm, let's move on. Well, I can be a Christian and not go to church or belong to a local church. Again, no arguments there. You can absolutely be a Christian without going to a church or belonging to a local church. But you can also be married and never go home. And the absence of that, that'll, will it affect that relationship? The same. The same. The same. I'm telling you, if you don't think this church has got its problems... We've all, the church, this church is no, we, we are not perfect. Every church has got its issues. If you don't think this church does, you've just not been here long enough. Because we've all got our issues. And, and, and the thing is, man, it's not a fact. You are never going to find the perfect church, ever, ever. And I tell people this all the time. If you've been here long enough, you'll hear me say it. If you do find the perfect church, don't go. Because then you will screw it up for everybody else there. <laughs> There's not one. You remember the story of God telling Noah uh, to, to build the ark? Y'all remember the story? Uh, of Noah tell, uh, God telling Noah, hey, I want you to build this ark. He said, build this huge, massive boat. Gather up all the animals, two by two, uh, male, female. And, and here's the thing. God said, if the animals are in the boat... If your family is in the boat, they're safe. Where was the safest place to be? In the boat, in the ark. Now, let me ask you. Do you think after so many days, uh, arguments stirred up inside that ark? Some sibling arguments got stirred up. Some people started fighting. You think there wasn't a time when the cows got out of control? Uh, do you think uh, it got messy inside the ark? Anybody? Anybody think it started stinking inside the ark? No indoor palming? Come on, there was human and animal scubula everywhere. The scubula literally hit the fan. I mean, think about it. Yet inside that ark, as messed up, as ugly, as messy as it was, inside the ark was still the safest and best place to be. So, yeah, at the end of the day, in spite of all the mess, the church is still the safest and place, best place to be. Are you hearing me? Yeah, there's a lot of junk that goes on in the church. But the church is still the best and safest place to be. Why? Because here in the local church is where God takes broken, messed up people like you and I. And he pours his grace all over us. And through the process, the church becomes a place where other broken people, where other addicts, where other people that, have, that are broken and are struggling with their sexual identity, they can come in and find healing and wholeness and forgiveness. That's what I love about the local church. Here's the thing. The good news about the gospel is, yes, Jesus died for our sins and we're forgiven. But you know what? In addition to that good news is, is this, of the gospel is that we find a place to belong. A place to belong. We find a family, a community. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 8b. Upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Uh, question, whose church? Jesus' church. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, as Jesus is talking. Look what Paul says about Jesus in Ephesians 1.22. God placed all things under his feet. Whose feet? And appointed him. Who did God appoint? Jesus. To be head over everything for what? The church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Let's jump over two chapters to Ephesians 3.10. God's purpose in all this was to use who? 
Who's he wanting to use? To display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You jump down 10 verses at verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory where? In the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. One more place. Jump over to Colossians 1, 118. He, Jesus, is the head of the body, which is what? And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. I could go on and on, but here's my point. If the church wasn't that important, why did God talk about it so much? And furthermore, if the church wasn't important, why did Jesus die for it? It's important that the church was not given to us, guys, so we would have another option of something to do on Sunday. The church was given to us so we would have an opportunity on Sundays. An opportunity to come together with other people, other believers that don't have it all together. We can worship together, do life together, grow together, hold each other accountable, lift each other up. And we, we, Here's the thing what the church is supposed to look like. When we come together, we do life together in a way that when others see it that don't know Christ, they say, I want that. Let's go to Ephesians 2. This is where we're really going to hone in today. I want to point out some things that Jesus says about the church through Paul. Um, understand Ephesians 2, where we're going to be, it focuses on what should happen to us after we've surrendered our life to Christ. This should be what flows out of that relationship. And here we go, Ephesians 2, starting with verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you are too being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, we're going to hone in a little bit more here in a minute, but I want to give you three, uh, three, point out three things out of this passage of Scripture that I believe are three pictures of God's grace when it comes to us or the church. One is this. We were refugees given citizenship, citizenship into God's kingdom. Amen. One of the biggest talking points and hot topics going on in, in, in our country today is the refugees, refugees from the Ukraine war, refugees that are coming, hit, coming into our country, refugees. What do we do with them? They're not citizens. They don't have rights. What do we do with them? That's one of the big things. And I say that because I'm about to make a, a point to us when you enter into a relationship with Jesus. Well, with that in mind, look how the amplified, amplified version reads, verse 19. Therefore, you are no longer outsiders, Exiles, migrants, aliens, excluded from the rights of citizens. But you now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people, consecrated and set apart for himself. And you belong to God's own household. Before Christ, we were foreigners. We were exiles. We were aliens. We were refugees with no rights. But God, in his mercy and grace, extended us citizenship into his kingdom. God did that. When we were at Life Church International, uh, before we came here, uh, down in the Duluth uh, area in Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, uh, we had a young lady start coming to our church that had moved here from Bulgaria. Her name was Stefanita. Do you know how to say her last name? Let me see if I get it because I'm on I'm uh, Dimitrova. Stephanie Dimitrova from Bulgaria, she began, she was not a citizen of the U.S. And because she was not a citizen of the U.S., she was limited, very limited in what she could do. Well, Stephanie began dating one of our close friends. He was in my band down there, Matt Thomas. And uh, on, on July tw 2012, they got married. Because of her relationship and intimacy and commitment to Matt Thomas, she is now a full American citizen with all the same rights, except she cannot run for president. 
And I'm not sure that wouldn't be a great idea. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's don't get off. We were, now I'm getting off track. We were refugees. She was a refugee. She had no rights until she entered a relationship with Matt Thomas. That changed everything for her. The second thing is this. We were orphans who've been adopted into God's family. Orphans. Look at verse 19 again. This is NIV. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Here's what we need to understand. God loved us so much that he didn't just want to make us citizens. He wanted to make us members of the family. Think about this. God knows everything there is to know about you. He knows things about you your best friends don't know, things you hope nobody else finds out about, and he still loves you and wants you to be part of his family. With that in mind, that person that you're sitting on the other side of the room away from that you don't like or you wish that we had a 9-11 a.m. sir, y'all could come to different services, he also loves them just the same. And calls them a brother, a son and daughter in Christ. And if Jesus calls them son and daughters in Christ, we better learn to embrace them as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's time we, the family, started acting like family. Another reason I love this, story, I love this church. I get that microphone. I'm going to ask Karen Taylor to come up here. It's because of stories like hers and Craig's and, and their girls. Karen, just... Give them a little, uh, what, what we talked about this morning. Okay, it was just an average day at home. Uh, sink full of dishes, couch full of laundry, trying to catch up in my phone ring. Uh, little did I know that that phone call was going to change my life and the life of others. Um, the lady on the end of the phone told me that she was from DCS and that she was calling me to ask if we were interested that they had a 14-month-old little girl who needed a permanent placement. So I wasn't just making um, the decision to foster a child, but it was a child who was gonna come into my home forever. Um, so in that moment, I just asked her, I said, can I get your number and can I, can I, can I have five to 10 minutes and can I call you back? Also, you were two weeks away I from me. I was a two weeks away. I had uh, been on a team that was gonna go work in Guatemala and serve in Guatemala. So I was two weeks away from going to, to be missionary in Guatemala. So I hit the floor, and I just started to pray. And I was bargaining with God because I knew I'd already made this commitment to go work in Guatemala. And I was so excited about that because I, of, of the, you know, we had teams that had gone before. But I heard God speak to me, and it was as if PK was standing behind me. And God said to me, you cannot say no. I kept hearing him say that to me, and I kept saying, but Lord, I committed to you. And he just a still voice, but sternly, you cannot say no. This is a work I have for you. You cannot say no. So I pray, I get up, I call the lady back, and I say, yes, we'll take her. She tells me that they'll get back in touch with me in the next day or so. And I just hit the floor again, and I just started praying. And I was just praying, you know, Lord, be with us. We're willing, you know, be with us. And about five minutes into that prayer, it hit me. You didn't even call your husband. <laughs> then I'm really praying. I mean, I'm really praying at this point. I'm like, Lord, I believe with all my heart that that was you. But please be with me. And my husband was at work. And so I picked up the phone and dialed his number. And normally they can't answer it, but he answered the phone that day. And I believe that was all in, in God's divine intervention. And I said, we've gotten the call. And his response was, what are we getting? With the most excitement. And I knew in that moment, in that moment, I knew this was God. Definitely this was God. Because Craig told me, he said, God has been dealing with me all morning. He said, I'm like a cat in a rocking chair factory, and I can't calm down, and I don't know what it is. He said, but now it makes perfect sense. God was already preparing him. And this morning when I woke up, I was anxious. And I was like, why am I so anxious? What is wrong with me? Am I drinking too much coffee? And so I was doing my Bible study on our app, trying to catch up because I was a little behind. <laughs> uh, so, and PK calls me. 
And I'm like, God was already preparing me this morning because my family will tell you that if you have not seen a miracle, you have seen one because I don't talk in front of people. So <laughs> like this. So, but in that moment, God, I thought, I thought when, I, when God called me to be a foster parent, I thought I'm going to change their lives. They, God has changed my life through that calling. And I have an amazing, amazing husband because his response that day was that of a man of God who was willing to serve, and I'm so thankful. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Now, she left out a very important detail because when they said, I'll take her, the social worker actually said, uh, well, there's something else you need to know. The mom is also pregnant with another baby, and they don't want to separate them. And she's like, okay. So she said yes to two babies before talking to her husband. <laughs> and now adopted into the family. Amazing story. And I'm going to tell you the reason I had her tell you that is because that's what God has done. See, here's, a, here's what adoption is. It is a premeditated act of love. She knew nothing about either one of the babies. Nothing about them. But she says, I'm going to love them regardless. That's what adoption is, a premeditated act of love. And maybe you're here today and you're struggling and thinking, have these feelings of I don't belong or nobody wanted me. You need to hear the voice of the Father say, no, before you ever knew me, before you ever thought about me, I knew you and I love you and want you in my family. I'm telling you, that's what adoption is. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, you can now become a full Son and daughter of God. The third thing, we become part of the house where God lives and hangs out. Come on now. I, I don't know about you. I want to be in that house where God's hanging out. L look at what Paul says in verse 20 and 21. Together, together, we are his house built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple of the Lord. Watch this. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling, a house in which God lives by his spirit. In other words, we become a house where God hangs out. Where his spirit lives, where he hangs out. Uh, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 6.16. For we are the temple of the living God. Who is the temple of the living God? No, who? We are. Now, we're not, not some building, not some structure. We are the temple of God. Um, that's interesting to me, especially growing up in the South and growing up in church. Uh, because... We've had people um, get mad about some of the dances that we've done here at church. Uh, we used to have a hip-hop dance statement. We need to bring that back. Um, we, we're, we're going to, if I can find some dancers, uh, or if our people will step back up. I'm not, here we go. Uh, we've had people get mad and criticize centuries uh, that we do here in this, in this building. We've had them get upset over the fact that uh, we may do a secular song every once in a while in the church. We've had them get upset because uh, we have some men or will wear hats. We've had them get upset that the, the pastor has tattoos and doesn't wear a suit. Here's what I find funny when we look at the Bible in the church. We'll get mad over things that, we, that are done in this building. When we, the actual temple of, of God, we will let it do, say, eat, go anywhere it wants without even thinking about it. Mm. What we'll do is, hey, you know what? I'm just going to leave this in the car while I go into church. And then after church, I go back to the car and pick it back up. Yeah, we get mad about little stuff that's happening in here. When this, the temple of God, we let it watch, say, hear, listen, do anything we want it to. Bye-bye, but don't let, let me see Jesse with a hat in church. Now listen, I understand that this building, that, that it should be reverenced. I do understand that. 
But let's not confuse when Jesus talks about the church what it really is. And the temp- we are the temple of God, and we should start taking care of this temple of God. I, I don't even want to get off on that. Yeah, I'll say it, Kelly. Okay, I will. I find it funny that people will preach, preach about all the popular sins that we like to talk about, but yet they're 50, 60, 80 pounds overweight, and they don't like to talk about that sin. That's the response I was expecting. Do you know that gluttony is the only sin in the Bible that says you all take a knife to your throat? Is that bad news for you, Bill? <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you, this is the temple of God. We better start taking care of the temple of God. And Paul says, hey, I believe this too. If we were half as alert to what we allow inside this building uh, as we are this building, things would change. Paul says, together we are his house. We are God's house. It, it, listen, if you follow sports at all, uh, you'll, you'll, know, you'll hear somebody along the lines say, whose house? And then what's the response? Our house. Let's try that around. Whose house? Whose house? Our house. Our, that's why passionately we should be about this. I love the house of God. I love this church. Psalms 23, 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the what? House of the Lord forever. Psalms 122, 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go where? Psalms 27, 4. This one thing I ask, Lord, the one thing I seek is to live where? In the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Psalms 92, 12 through 14. The righteous, I love this. Now, this is going to be a good one. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Now, don't bring up the next part of it yet. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Does that sound great? Anybody want to flourish? Come on. Anybody, you want to flourish? Here's the key, the second verse. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Come on. I'm convinced that they, uh, they told me to come back to preaching on the one day we're only having one service to let me kind of ease into it at my age. So anyway, let's go. I want to flourish. I don't, I don't want to necessarily retire and do nothing. I want to flourish into my old age. And come on, anybody, anybody else want to flourish? Planted, planted. Maybe for some of you, you need to quit dating the church and finally commit to it. Well, PK, I'm committed. I come about every Sunday. I show up at special events. I've been coming here 10, 20, 30 years. That may be true, but you've been in this Come on, have you ever known somebody that they've been dating for 15 years and they can never pull the trigger to get married or ask the person to get married? Come on. That's where some of you guys are. That's where some of you guys are. Do you know how to tell if someone is committed in a relationship? They're invested in it. You can tell by the way they support that relationship, by the way they serve, by the way they take care of it. Some of you today need to... Finally say, I commit. I commit. And, and some of this is going to kind of rub you the wrong way, but it's in your fill-in. And if you don't like the way it's said, just change the fill-ins. Um, <laughs> your love for the church reveals your love for God. Mm. I struck a nerve. I want to show you what the Bible says, what the Word of God says in Psalm 69.9. My love for you has my heart on fire. My passion for what? Wait, wait. My passion for what? For your house consumes me. And nothing will turn me away. I'm telling you, there's something that happens inside of us when we get a passion for his house. Things change. Let me give you a couple of those things when you get a passion. Church stops being something you attend and becomes where you do life and belong. I mean, isn't that the question we get asked? Wait, where do you attend church? Hey, where do you attend? Man, we need to change our perspective about being a place we attend and say, well, this is where I belong. 
This is where I do life at. What do you mean? Well, do you, do you attend your house? Hey, where, where are you guys going after this? Oh, we're going to attend the house. No, you live in your house. You do life in your house. It's a place where you know you belong. When you don't feel like you belong anywhere else, you can walk into that house. Oh, this is my home. This is where I belong. God never called you to attend. He called us to belong. And I'll say this. You never made a difference with your attendance. You make a difference with your involvement. Man, can we get the pastor series back? Here's the question. Is this where God has called you to belong? See, we want you here, but not to just take up a seat. We want you here to get involved, take ownership, to make a difference. The second thing that will happen when you really get a passion for the house, you begin to embrace others with the reckless acceptance and love that God showed you. Don't we seem to have a short-term memory of what we used to be like before Christ? Come on. It, it seems it was, it's not just a today problem. This problem was, was around in Paul's day. In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul begins to list all these different sins. He talks about sexual immorality, adultery, sexual perversion, fraud, greed, drunkenness, extortion, verbal abuse. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Then in verse 11, Paul tells them this. Some of you were just like that. Paul's like, hey, don't forget, when you start to go pointing fingers, don't forget, you at one time were just like that. That was you, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our living God. Paul's like, don't make me start calling you out. You better remember, you were just like them. So before you get on your high horse... You better back up and re remember the mercy and grace God showed you. The third thing that will happen when you really get a passion, you'll break, break free from the consumer mentality. In other words, it won't be, well, what do I get out of it? What's in it for me? Can I tell you that mentality has ate up the church for way too long? People will come to church and my dad would say this. People come to church and would say, well, I just really didn't get fed today. Well, he'd be like, well, good Lord, you know, when Kelly was a baby, I had to feed him. But if at 18, 19 years old, I'm still having to feed him, something's wrong. But yet, it's all about us, not what God wants to do through us here in this place. We, we, it's like we take on the Burger King of Christianity. We want it our way. And if we don't get it our way, we'll move on to the next fast food restaurant until they tick us off. Oh, man. I should have been more fun in this when I'm coming back. I'll tell you, this place is par far from perfect, but it's family. It's family. Here's the truth of it, guys. I'm going to probably, I'm pro nah, not probably, I'm going to say something that you disagree with. And if I'm honest, sometimes I leave here. And I just, I, what did you just say, Kelly? Right. You know, there, I'm going to say something that may offend you. I, I mean, that's it. But we are family. We're God's family. The fourth thing that happens when we get a passion for his house, and we're almost done. Your heart beats for others to experience the reckless grace and love of God. In other words, when our heart beats for the house, the grace and the love and the way God has changed their lives, we don't want to keep it to ourselves. We want to begin to tell. That's why I love, I love coming to chip night here at CR when they give out chips. I, my favorite kind of time to come to CR, well, hey, who's in 30 days? Who's in? But, but boy, you know what? Hey, who's here? And you say, today I want to make a change. You want your one-day chip. And we're like, they'll have people come. I love that. Because they're not saying, well, I'll wait till I get it together. Then I'll, after, I'll tell you when, no, man, I've screwed up this week. Let me get my, I'm starting today. Let me go on. That's family. That's family. Let me, one more passage before we close. It's Isaiah 54. Really get a little background of what's going on. The people of God are in Babylonian captivity. 
They've lost everything, their home, their city, their place of worship. Uh, and they, it was because of their own doing. They were disobedient to God, uh, and, and, and God ended up handing them over to these Babylonians. And they've spent years there in captivity and exile. And God is getting ready to redeem them and bring them back to where they should be. And it's, it's like he said, hey, things are about to change. And this is Isaiah 54, starting with verse 1. The prophet says, sing, barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has, who has a husband, says the Lord. Here we go, verse 2. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seam. Listen, that was an incredible promise meant for Israel, but I'm claiming it for Watts Park Community Church. I hear God saying, I'm about to add to your family. It's time to spread open. It's time to lay it out. Spare no expense. Let me ask a question. How many have been changed and transformed by the gospel of Jesus? Come on. How many used to be addicts, but you are set free? How many alcoholics God set you free? How many your marriage was all but over and God healed it? Come on. Come on. How many God set you free from rage and anger? Anybody? Come on. How many God set you free from homosexuality? Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got them all. We've got them all. Stay with me. I know there are some of you that prefer smaller church where everybody knows your name. You prefer that. But here's what we've got to understand as a church. The gospel is explosive. You cannot confine it. You cannot keep it in a little box. It's explosive. When I hear somebody say, well, I just want our little church. You know what I hear them saying? Listen, I like our folks. Everybody else can go to hell. Because I want God to keep it right here. I want God to keep it right. Listen, I am the, you ask our staff and leadership, I don't want to go to three services. But, buddy, if God starts bringing them in, you better believe I'll go to three services. I will do whatever it takes to see people come uh, to, 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 to surrender their lives to God. I will do whatever it takes to see more addicts set free, more homosexuals delivered, more people set. I'm I will do whatever it takes. I love this church. As I was studying in uh, this week, I felt like God said, you know what, I'm, I'm not Kelly. The people that are in this house that have been here for a while, they've yet to see what I'm going to do when they begin to take what I've given them serious now. I'm telling you guys, it's time for a whole lot of us that have called this place home for a while to quit just attending and make it a place you belong. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world right now, amen? I mean, anybody watch the news, Ukraine, the gas prices, God still, and, and you know, they say, hey, we're, we're down. Well, we, but yeah, a year ago, we were way down. So, I mean, we could talk about that. We're still talking about COVID. We're still, you know, college football season kicked off. Tennessee won. Praise God. I'm, hey, I'll take anyone. I don't care if it's up against Ball State. I don't care if it's against Ray County High School. I'll take a win. <laughs> PK, why are you so passionate about this and about the church? Because what we do matters. 30 years, nobody's going to care that the Vols beat Ball State. Nobody's going to care in 30 days. I mean, to be honest, 30 years, we're not going to be talking about all the cover-ups. In 30 years, we're not going to be uh, care about... Here, here's the thing. Gas prices are always going to go up and go down. It, the, the economy is always going to fluctuate. Healthcare is always going to be an issue. Here's why I'm so passionate about the church. Because no organization on church has the power to preach Jesus and the gospel and see people set free like the church does. And because of that, what we do matters. I'm just, Mom and dad... Mom and dad started this church 38 years ago, and people are still, I still run into people that tell me 30 years ago what a difference my dad made in their life because what he did mattered. 
It matters. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And the lives that have been changed here. The reason I'm sold out to Watts Bar Community Church because I believe that I'm investing my life into something that matters for eternity. This building is not the church, but it's God's house. And here's what I know about my house. My house I grew up in, it shaped my identity. It gave me worth. It told me who I was and who I wasn't. The house did. It gives us a family, the house does. It gives us a place to belong. If you consider, consider this church to be your home, this is your home. I want you to stand. Stand your feet if you play, call this place your home. I want you to look around, guys. Look around. Come on, look around. Wow, now you know why we have two services. And we've still got people missing today. Both individually and corporately. We are the temple of the living God. And this building is the place where we come together as one body to get our marching orders for the week. This is where we come when we're broken and our family leans in to help us. This is where we come when we feel like we're at the end of our rope, when we feel like we can't hold on any longer, and we come here and we feel surrounded and lifted up. This is the place we come when tragedy hits. And like Drake saw, the, this, this community right here surround him and his family. It's where you come when those things happen. It, it's where you come when you're in your darkest place and you need others to help you find the light again. And this is also, don't, don't get ahead of me, Bob. We're not going there yet. Just, just, in fact, I need you to step back because we're about to dance. Step back. I told y'all last week, didn't I? This is also the place where we party. This is also the place we celebrate. And this is also going to be the point where you decide whether you really like us or if you think we're a bunch of heathens. Where's my praise team at? Where's my pra- Come on up here. Come on. Drake, where are you at? Come on. All right. Are you ready back there, DJ? Oh, I got them all. That, see, here's the thing. I learned this from mom. You don't ask them if they'll do it. You just tell them what they're going to do. I got that from my mom. She, she didn't ask you if you want to be part of a, a drama. She told you you were going to be in it. I may forget my... When they had my wife on stage dancing. My wife said, never again. But she had, that day she had her big wide dress on. I wish I had pictures. Here's the thing. I, I'm going to show you a picture of what church should look like. And I need you to stay with me. Hold on there. Hit it for me, DJ. Bring the lights back up. Jonathan's back there in his own world. <laughs> Did he say something about the lights? <laughs> how, how many know this song? How many you don't know this song? Oh, come on. You're a perfect candidate. Come on. Come on. Come on. Perfect. Perfect. Come on. Hey, hey, Matt, Matt Sadler, get up here. Come on. Who else can I? Mike, who? Bill Elliott. Get up here. Bill Elliott. Tell Bill Elliott to get up here. Hey, hey, hey. Stacy Harris, come on. Come on. Come on. Leo, come on. Lydia, get up here. 
Oh yeah, Mariah. Come on, Mariah. Well, I, hey, hold on a minute. Matt said, hey, Pansy can dance. No, I'm calling up people that I don't think can dance. That's where the mistake came in. Oh, he thinks I'm a good dancer. <laughs> Who? Katie? Oh, come on. Here, here we go. Now, now, if you don't know it, guys, I want you to help them. Show them how it goes. Y'all just watch. And then when you get it, get, let's try it again back there. Let's try it again. Show them. Show them. Make sure they got it. Get Get up here, Bill. I know. There you go. Now. Now. Hey, teachers, y'all got to do better than that. Y'all got to do better than that. We're, we're going to start back at the top. Uh, you know, I saw, I saw Pastor Ben stick his head in, then he stuck it back out. Uh, so if I get Pastor Ben to come on. And you'll, you'll see uh, where Stacy and Ben get their rhythm. Um, so, <laughs> y'all ready? All right, we're going to try it again. And if you know it, I want you to join in. Now, guys, listen, y'all got, hey, 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 ma'am, 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 I'm talking to you. Uh, I need you to make sure they're getting it, okay? Let's try it again from the top. Let's do it. No, Ben's not teaching. Drake, Drake, the, the only pepper we got is teaching it. Hold on. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. You say, Kelly, what does that have to do with what the church should look like? Because here's what we do. Here's what the church has done too long. We've got up singing our own song and we're enjoying it, but nobody else knows what to do and we're not worried about them. But what the church should do is come along beside us and say, hey, hey, I know this is new to you, but let me show you the steps. We're going to go to the right. Now we're going to go to the left. We're going to go to the left. Now we're going to kick. That's the way the church should operate. Now say, oh, you don't. But what have we done? Oh, you don't know how to do it? Well, you sit over there on that side and I'll do my thing. No. We were meant together we make up the body. Together we make it up. That's the way it's supposed to be. I love this church. I love it. Never once in my life did I think I'd see Stacy Harris up here trying to do this. You killed something. So, <laughs> let's close. Guys, you need to understand something. Denise and I, we're here for the long and haul. We're here for the long haul. We're here for the long haul. Our family, we're here for the long haul. But what we're looking for is other people that will stand beside us and say, you know, pastors, we're in for the long haul too. We're in. We don't want to just attend. We want to contribute to this church. We want to be part of what God is doing because I'm telling you, 
I'm convinced when it says the harvest is ripe and God is waiting on people to work it, I believe God is waiting on more people in this house to step up and begin to serve so that we can, so that we can adequately minister to the people that are going to be coming into this building. That's what we need. We need people that's not just going to show up, but they're going to grow up. Grow up. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you would go all in and begin to grow up in Christ and begin to, to give yourselves completely to Him and what He's doing at this church, I feel like we will see revival in our communities, in our homes, in our cities. We will see revival. I'm telling you guys, that's the kind of church I want to be part of. It's right up here. Where, where, whether they know it or not, whether they've got rhythm or not, it doesn't matter. Hey, just stay with me long enough and I'll, you'll, you'll get this thing. Oh, you messed up. That's all right. Don't worry about it. We got another round coming. We got another course coming. You got another chance to get it right. Who, who, is, who here is so glad that this house did not give up on you when you blew it last time. Yeah. I am too. Because I'm the same. I blew it. I've blown it. And I'm so thankful for staff and leadership and elders and prayer team that surrounded me and lifted me back up. There's a lot of churches that don't have that. I'm thankful for this house. I love this house. I will fight for this house. I will ask anybody that knows me. If I'm telling you, if we are brothers in Christ, if you're part of this community, I will fight for you and with you. I love this place. All I'm asking is for people that will come alongside my wife and I say, Pastors, we're with you. We're with you. We're going to begin to invest our time, our finances, our ability into, here's the thing, Denise and I, we've, we met, well, and Casey, Pastor Casey, we met with a, uh, a, a um, architect about three weeks ago. And I had to sit there and tell him, or sit there and him tell us what the dream building we gave him was going to cost us and act like it was no big deal in my mind. And I'm thinking, really? But here's the good news. We've got the money to do that. You know what the bad news is? It's in your pocket. <laughs> and we're going to be sharing about that because we, we have not believed. I know some of you think we've been talking about this forever. But we share, hey, here's, here's the building we want to build. You know, it'll hold 500 people and has the ability to even hold more if we need to build that out. It's got a gym where we can open it up to our community and, and actually offer things for our community. It's got a, a, new, a new kitchen. If you've worked in that kitchen, got a new, got a new nursery. Uh, yeah, yeah. All those things. And why are we, because I'm going to tell you, I've been very real with our staff on this. I said, guys, I'm going to tell you, we are debt-free right now. What scares me? Why do I want to go into a project where now we're not going to be debt-free anymore? And I'm like, if God, if God wants us to, he's going to have to show me. So, but guys, I love this church enough that I'm willing to lay it all on the line. Because I believe this church is doing something that a lot of places aren't doing. And we're reaching people that other people can't reach. The same as they're reaching people we can't, we're reaching people that nobody else can reach. And I love this place. And I'm asking you, I don't even know how to close this message. I'm just asking you to say, you know what, God? Give me a heart for this house. Let passion for this house consume me. Where Sundays is not something I do out of obligation or to check something off my list, but because I cannot wait to get there and be with my family. 
In fact, if you really want that, and I'm not even saying, maybe right now you don't. Maybe you'll be honest. Kelly, I don't have a passion for the house. I just show up because, so you won't call me. Whatever. But I want it. So if you want that passion, just raise your hand. I want to pray over everyone. God, give us a passion for your house. Give us a passion like never before. Burn in us. Burn in us, God. Let us see what we're doing now matters. Where everything else we've been giving our time to, God, in 30 years it won't matter. But what we're doing, the lives that are being changed here, they matter. The people that are being men, they matter because, God, we're, we're trying to break cycles off of people's life in this community. We're trying to break mentality, that poverty mentality off people in this community. We're trying to break chains off of people that have been bound up way too long, God. And what we do matters. God, let us realize that and take hold of it. In Jesus' big name. And the church said... Come on, give it up for our pastors really quick. I mean, I love it.